Get ready. It's coming. An epic event so sweeping, only the Justice League can lead us into it. The Six Flags 45th Anniversary Celebration. See the new Bugs Bunny National Park and join us for Bugs Bunny's Daily Parade Spectacular. And coming soon, the new El Toro, the world's greatest wooden coaster. Get your season pass at SixFlags.com. Six Flags Great Adventure. More than a theme park, it's an experience. And welcome to episode number 15 of Some Great Adventures, the podcast for old friends who met and worked at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey. Chat about our days at the park. Our podcast is made possible by our wonderful friends at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. And as always, we're recording via Facebook Live, which will be available forever until Scott gets me tooed on our Facebook page. And an audio version will be available on all podcasting platforms sometime later this week. I am Steve Hicks and my co-hosts are Scott Loudon. Chris Beluso. And Letty. Gentlemen, we have not one, but two very special guests today, both of whom have always been at the very top of our guest list since we first talked about starting this podcast. Welcome to the podcast. First of all, the person who I literally always think of when I think of the operations office, who is kind of, in my mind, the Michael Scott of the operations office, except not an idiot. <laughs> 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 But and then our second guest is Andy's better half, Jackie Aletti, who will always be base Jackie to me. <laughs> and how are you both doing? Thank you for joining us. Good, thanks. Excellent. Yes, thanks so much. Excellent. You are welcome. Um, as always, when we uh, have guests, we like to first learn about their GA career. When did you start? Uh, what positions did you work? Do not say anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> work positions did you work? And when and why did you leave the park? Uh, Lynette, let's kick off with you. When did you start at Six Flags? Actually, I've been trying to think about that. And I think it was 84. And I started in grounds in 120. Karen Fanning was my supervisor. And... I was there for a couple of years and then went right into the office and stayed there the rest of the time. It's funny because when I think of, of old 120, like my times when me and Andy were like little kids working in 120, basically, I remember when we first started going to the parties, in my memory, it was always Lynette and Karen. Like you two were inseparable at those old 120 parties and like a lot of the good times I have, I always just remember you too, like always being like the partner team, you know? So it's kind of yep. funny. you, Andy. Oh yeah, yeah, no, Lena, you were already working in the office when I started. Um, oh yeah. It was in 87, uh, I believe, yeah. So yeah, that's, oh, the, so only it's, it's, that's, that's the only uh, thing I ever think of you as. I never even picture you in the park. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nope. I was sweeping the grounds and getting in trouble and walking around. <laughs> so how long were you in grounds? Um, maybe then when Andy came in, I must have gone into the office that year. So I was there for, I want to say, two or three years. Like I became a lead. And then it was before the season started, when we were like doing the prep work before the park opens. Mm -hmm. Um, I interviewed for the office position and I got in. 
So it may be three or four years, like wow. tops. Still, that's, that's a lot. Like, I was just thinking the same thing. You did time in grounds, though. Yeah. Oh, man, I did time in grounds. Actually, you know who uh, hired me? John Sheehan. Wow. Do you remember John? <laughs> yeah. And I remember when I went in, I was like, I want to work in rides. That's all I want to do. And he was like, no, you got to wow. like hang out. Like you got to walk around. You want to see what's going on and you'll be able uh, to chit chat with everyone. And you know, dumbass, I'm only 16. What do I know? I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Oh yeah. Grounds. <laughs> he sucked me right in. That's funny. When, um, when you left the office, um, and, and, like I'm, I'm hoping this isn't a controversial question, but when you left the office, did you just leave because you felt it was your time to like to just get out of the park, or did you leave? Like, why did you, why did you leave the park? Um. Well, that was the whole merger, the office merger, and um, oh. I, like, I just, it just, yeah, it was like my time to go. Like, it wasn't too much ugly shit went down, and uh, yeah, I couldn't be there anymore. Like, I just. It's so ugly and I felt so betrayed and I just couldn't stay there anymore. I actually tried to, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go, 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 go. Oh, I was, um, I actually was working with Karen again, doing training, just trying to see like something else to do. And, uh, I was just like, I just can't do this. I was, you know, I was betrayed and I had to go. I was literally going to say, it sounds like the path a lot of us took because I had the yep. same thing. I got downsized as a full-timer for the, you know, doing individual yep. games. And then, you know, thankfully I was actually offered another full-time position in foods, which I had swore I was never going to work in. And I stuck no to my offense, guns Chris. on that one. I mean, no offense, Chris. I know you did your time. <laughs> no, no. I, you know my feelings on it. And, yeah, uh, I, didn't, I went I to didn't culinary know. school and I'm like, avoid like the plague. You like, yeah, 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 but ironically, the thing that I think kept me there longer wasn't so much having the full-time position. It was the same thing where like we worked over the winters working with Karen, doing like the HR stuff and all that and going out and interviewing people and hiring people for HR. So it was kind of funny. That was probably the best thing we ever did though, because for a lot of us, like that got job, that got like Kenny Mouth, that got Scott, that got Andy, it got a bunch of us jobs into a whole different career path that we would probably never have thought of anyway, but going into the HR hiring career path, which is like, you know, like it was kind of cool because that let gave us a little bit of an out. I didn't go that route, but these guys ended up hiring me for the route that I'm in now. So it's still all enough yeah. time. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But it was the same thing. It was, it was like, I, I I could have taken that other full time position, but I knew that they were that it was in the middle of the buyout as well. And the worst thing you could do is become a first year full timer in any department when the place gets bought out. And Agreed. thank God I didn't do that because they were bought out the next year. And I don't remember how many, but they cut like half the full time staff for that buyout. So yeah. always, yep, yep. Too funny. I think it's amazing full- to see oh. how. No, no, go ahead, Lynette. No. Oh, no, I was just going to say how much talent that place has seen and just let slip through their fingers. It's so sad in a way, because could you imagine, like, if we ruled the school? Holy hell, that place would be rock star. Slightly slightly more money, I probably would have stayed, you know. Um, They couldn't come close to anything on the outside, you know. And you, you start to get older, you're getting married and all this stuff. And it's like. 25k or 30k <laughs> like, it yeah. just doesn't it's just cut not it. gonna I mean, cut it anymore not no. gonna get you at home so yeah, yeah, yeah. we had to do what we had to do 
how talented a lot of the people who were there. I mean, obviously not me, but a lot of the <laughs> other people. I, I was looking at you when it was said. <laughs> <laughs> not even myself, just to, even some of the just some of the people that we watched walk through there. It's yeah. crazy. But like, you know, we were all like ignorant of like what you can make on the outside world. So, it, you know, it was kind of weird. That is absolutely true. I, I will say like I, it was funny because so I went into healthcare, which cracked me up because I'm like, I finally got full time. I finally got healthcare, and I don't even understand what my HMO is. I just like yeah. I know nothing about healthcare here, and then I get hired in by these guys into a yeah. healthcare company, which yeah. easily I end up doing well at only because of my management skills from Six Flags. That's literally right. what got me so well positioned, and a lot of the skills I learned at Six Flags in networking and just how to talk to people and manage people properly how not to do that. Like, I mean, that's another thing you learned at Six Flags, bad management, because yeah. as much as good management was, we were all kids and there's a lot of bad management there too, because yeah. they just need the managers, right? They need the supervisors. Yeah. So it transferred really well. But then it's like, we, I think the very first podcast episode, I did the ratio of what we were getting paid at Six Flags versus what you make in the outside world. And it was insane. Even what you made at Six Flags I was there, you know, up until 97, starting in 84. And in that 13 years, like, it looked like I did an incredible pay raise scale. But it was like, when you really look at it, you know, they're nickel and diming me every year. <laughs> pay raise scale is ridiculous, yeah, you know? That's right. Well, that's because you sucked and I didn't. So, you know. <laughs> I know. Sabrina just said it in the chat, like, uh, just like you were saying, um, most of what I've learned and what I use comes from there. Um, a lot of companies, I don't know, they don't have a leadership training. They may have a, a little bit here and there, but nothing in comparison to the money that they spent on leadership and management training there. So uh, I think it was more trial by fire, you know, like a three in. That as well. <laughs> I, mean, I remember making like literally life and death decisions. Yeah. Making like 750 an hour, like running around there as a 20 yeah. year old. Like it was. I mean, insane. how many that's times what it is. they give you all this responsibility that really nobody else would at that age. Yes. Exactly. You say exactly. all the time that, you know, I use stuff that I learned there. Exactly. Well, you think about like, I mean, you know, I was 18 years old, 19 years old, 21 years old, and I'm paying 1500 people a day and managing their birth, life, death, you know, like the hiring where they maintain for, you know, almost a thousand employees. Who am I? Like, it's crazy when you think about what they gave us and how they gave us the opportunity. In that respect, it was amazing. And all yeah. the things that we did learn and are able to pull from it. Yeah, for sure. And it was a variety too. I mean, if you if you took advantage of the opportunities they gave you, there was so much you can learn. Like, yes. during the, I mean, during the winters, we had the opportunity. Like, I worked with, you know, uh, you know, I worked with Kathy and we created all the ride manuals for two winters. So therefore, I all of a sudden understood how to do, like create manuals, create tests, modify tests, do all that type of stuff. That's yeah. stuff that even now in my current job, I apply to other things. Yeah. And I'm, it's like, you know, 30 years later, you know, it's kind of crazy. It is. By the way, Allison Dukes is in the comment and said, you guys are the absolute best, best boss. Allison. <laughs> She's adorable. Love you. <laughs> um, so so you. I was just going to say real fast, like, I think we all did a little time, the four of us in grounds. 
and we had to talk about bathrooms, how somehow we all avoided it. But Lynette, I'm guessing you did not, after three, four years, avoid the bathroom clean. Somehow we avoided it. I don't know. I never had to clean a bathroom. Oh, no. I had to clean them. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to so, scrub yeah. them, boil them. It was... Oh. <laughs> Oh my I remember God. the training and being told that this red one will kill you if you stay in the bathroom <laughs> and the yeah. blue one is safe to use. I do remember that. And a little oh, or mixing chemicals like yes. the Lysol and the bleach and the, I mean, the um, Comet. Yeah. Making like <laughs> Comet, yes. <laughs> I do remember uh, the training, but somehow was... we avoided that, that test. No, oh, I had to do it. <laughs> nice. Although I'm going to take a step back, Chris. Uh, I disagree. Although when I was 15-year-old working at Grounds, they tried to get me to clean poop that someone rubbed all over the. Oh, that's right. That's right. But I thought you bailed. I thought you were like. I did bail on that. However, as a supervisor, I absolutely did help foam bathrooms at least oh, three nice. or four times. Nice. Especially nice. when we had that one year where we were merged with grounds. I always felt like I'm just an asshole if I'm just telling these people to do this and I don't go in and like help them out. Exactly. Somehow. I, I, I tried. It just happens. Yeah, May. May in Blue Paris. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Again, he wonders why he didn't get the 50 cents, and he just said, I refuse to help anyone do any of that when I was their supervisor. I like, the talent yeah. right there. That's what I was talking about. Yes. There was when I helped, too. I still helped. You know? yeah. so All right, moving on from you. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, how did you start at the park? When did you start at the park? What was your career like? I'm trying to think, but I started in merch and I was, you know, I had no idea. So I was only 15 at the time and uh, they weren't hiring into a lot of the other departments if you were under 16 because of all the labor laws. So yeah, I was the balloon girl up at the front gate and I basically made balloon umbrellas all day and hung out with the clowns up front. If you remember the clowns used to hang out at the front gate when people came in. And then, you know, I would just walk around the park with the balloons all day. You just made me feel like the stupidest son of a bitch in the world because I also came in at 15, also wanted rides and couldn't get in rides. And I was like, they're like, do you want grounds? And I was like, okay. And here you are. You're like, I was out making balloon animals. And I'm like, I was refusing to clean poop off of walls by day okay. two, you know? So, let me tell you a little secret because I also worked in HR. Um, you know, when somebody came in the door, you were kind of like, I know what department I'm going to I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And believe me, I came in looking like the most huckster hayseed in the world. <laughs> I you look like ground experience. I came in in a suit. I actually came in a suit. And nobody else had a suit. But my mom was like, if you're going in for a job, you have to wear a suit. That is a proper right. thing for me to do. And I was like, okay. So at 15, I go in for a suit. And I am the only person out of like 45 people that are in that HR waiting room in a suit, and I felt so freaking uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I for ground, so they must have literally been like, This guy's an idiot. Look at this, idiot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they put the sorting hat on you right away. Hey, look yeah. at the picture, uh, midnight ground. Yeah, Rides, merch, poop. <laughs> yeah, that's you. They <laughs> walked towards you with it, it yelled, Grounds, didn't you get on your <laughs> Exactly I mean, at the end of the that. day, I did make lead by the end of the year. So a 15-year-old <laughs> leading grounds, that was kind of cool, right? You know? You know it yeah. was definitely the suit that got you that <laughs> For the record, I was the only 15-year-old who made it into rides directly. So You were. You yeah. were. Yeah, Lynette knows. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so then the following year I came back and um, I didn't want to be in merch. I wanted to be in rides. You know, I was old enough now, but all the spots were filled up. So the only thing left was food. So I worked in food service. I worked in the employee diner. That was what? fun. Yes. Oh, yeah, that must have been fun. I remember <laughs> balloons. I don't remember employee dining. That's great. <laughs> I worked in employee dining and you know, ringing up my coworkers. And yeah, that was fun. That was fun. But I did get to see how the food in there is made. And that's a little frightening. Yeah. That's oh. all I have to say about that. Uh, but On the, the butter scotch pudding was bomb. We never ate in there anymore, so. no time. And then the following year, I came back and I worked on Shockwave. And then I worked on um, Batman the Ride with uh, Chris Peluso was my lead that year. Awesome times. Good times. Yeah. And uh, then, I worked, then I started working in the office with Lynette while I went to nursing school. Yeah. So. When you were in the office, it felt like you, to, at least at least most of the time I remember, it felt like you were dispatch. Was that primary? What you? Did I worked dispatch a lot because I came from rides, and so I knew the codes and stuff. And at the time, who we had, we had um, Christine Andrew's sister working there, and she yeah. didn't she didn't know any of that stuff. So I think we were pretty slim at the beginning there of the season. And then I just I loved working in dispatch. I love people listening. Me too. To what I, I have loved to it. Say. Yep. And, you know, I love coming in early and all the maintenance guys and all those people come in and you're chit and chatting with them. And <laughs> I just, I love working in there, you know, I did. I really did. The office was always the place I felt like no matter how shitty your day was, you could go <laughs> in. The office employees were always fantastic. You could yeah. go in and they kind of helped decompress you when you first walked in the door. And then you got to go in the back and like kick your fucking desk or whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, but get away from everybody and fully decompress. But it was always like that place that like level set you so you didn't take anything home. You know what I mean? Oh, but that's great. That's it was nice. nice. It was yeah, that is nice. Practice. Yeah. I like We that tried. <laughs> there was that too. <laughs> We did. We did. We had nowhere to go in the back and kick, though. So, oh, you could have kicked our desk. We wouldn't have gave a crap. So, <laughs> we did not go back there. That was a frightening area. We did not go back there. We only saw Steve's pictures that he had up. I had pictures of the three stooges. That was you and Gary. What are you talking about? <laughs> like I said, scary. Um, so, then, um, so, to finish up my great adventure career, um, you know, Jim got promoted to HR and he asked me if I would come over and uh, work with him, you know, mm -hmm. helping him out. He needed a heavy. He needed a bad guy. <laughs> so I went over with him and that was a really interesting uh, experience for me. And I've learned a lot, you know, from HR that's taken me through my nursing career, too. So, you know, and then obviously when I graduated, they offered me a job in first aid as the RN down there. But. I was a little nervous taking that job as I would have been the only person there first year out of nursing school with all those people in the park that if God forbid anything happened, I really didn't have any, any experience. So I went and did what everybody else does when worked in the hospital. There you go. And when you say Jim, that was Jim Chappelle. Yeah. yeah I love Jim Chappelle. Jim Chappelle oh, yeah. is, yeah, he's, he's one of the dudes that we're all, you know, very, very, very like friendly with. We all dig, you know, and it, it's cool because it's like, you know, we're 30 years plus, you know, after our all of our pretty much careers at this point. But there's still some people that when you think of them, there's nothing but a good thought. 
You know what I mean? Like it, there's, there's no, there's no bad. And that's not to say that you might not have had a tiff here or there in your, all your time there. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I think of Lynette and I think of like, ah, the person that took care of the office that I loved. I think of Jackie. I'm like, ah, base Jackie. One of those people I can fuck with on the radio who actually got the sense of humor and wasn't a dick about it and angry and being like, get off the radio. You know, <laughs> you know? there's people that you just think of and you immediately love. And, you know, Chappelle falls in that category, you know. You know what was the fun in base was uh, the night they turned 21 and midnight, everybody was saying happy birthday over the radio. And then we all went out to the outpost and I don't remember what happened that night. That's right. usually how it happened. <laughs> you know, it's funny because the radio was an interesting world in itself because if you were not a liked person, people did not play or interact with you on the radio at all. But if you were a liked person, people would say things like happy birthday. People like, like if you were a liked supervisor and you said at the end of the season, like, all right, going 10, seven for the season, cricket, like no, oh. you, you would get, if you were liked, you would get, you know, have a great year, have a great winter. It'd be like oh, all these people. And if you were not liked, and even if you weren't liked or disliked if somebody just found out that something bothered you i won't say the name i'll say buttar <laughs> i think he's all heard that whispered over the radio before that was like years years of it going on and uh, i had the pleasure of working with the actual person and he was a very nice guy good soup and uh, i don't know where it came from <laughs> <laughs> used to piss him off, and everybody would keep doing it for years. It so <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, here's a question for both of you. Uh, what was it like being a dispatch during a power failure? Oh my god, I know it was amazing. I, I actually thrived on it. No, I hated that. Rapid I love flush. pressure. I so. know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it's actually oh. weird because it's not only the dispatch that was responsible, but the office had to come in and they actually had to go like somebody would call all of 120 rides. Somebody would call all of 130, 140, 150, 160, and then let the let the dispatcher know in turn what rides were running and what rides were a signal to, what ones were just down. So it was a two played in that for a power failure. Right. So for the people who are listening, who are not people that worked at Great Adventure, what dispatch is, it's the radio operator in our operations office who basically ran the radio. So, you know, people can't just sit and talk on the radio, you know, like for whatever reason they want to. The radio was meant to be used for business purposes only. And basically you're only using the radio if you need to talk to somebody about staffing or talk to somebody about a ride being up or down. But when rides go up and down, what would happen is the person working the ride would call dispatch and tell them the ride's broken down or later on call them and say, you know, the ride's now fixed, blah, 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 which usually a supervisor would do over the radio. And a dispatcher is basically a person that has to basically keep track of everything during a power failure every ride is down so everyone's basically bombarding the dispatch person the one person running dispatch which is including all of the areas of the park all the different operations departments are now hitting that one person with this ride's going up this ride's down this that if there's an injury on the ride that's getting called all that's getting called and that one person suddenly goes from having a you know kind of chill job to suddenly a nightmare of being yes. the director of the orchestra on everything going on and the responsibilities on their shoulders 
I had to sit in for dispatch as part of my training, but never actually be dispatch. Oh. So I just sat in there for four hours. Might have been with you, Jackie, or it might have been with Harry. I don't remember who it was, but I think it might have been you, actually. You would have remembered if it was Harry. I Probably. Um, but, <laughs> but it was actually easy for me, but I, like, power failure is a whole different world. That person is, like, such a vital person. It's insane. And they're leading everything. So, yeah. yeah. I can imagine that would be, like, the worst of the worst. Because, like, as a soup, you basically ran to your most important ride during a power failure. Yep. And somebody else took your other majors. Yep. But like you guys got hammered from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. And for yeah. any non-rides people, I mean, it's not uh, admissions, right? Down. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Not just admissions grounds, grounds, down and all the major rides, unless you got real lucky and just happened to not have a train loaded or something, they're all in areas that they shouldn't be. So they're all, <laughs> <in> the room, <laughs> they're all in evacuations. It's uh, yeah. it's Probably you know, usually when the ride goes signal yeah. too, yeah. it's rare that it needs to be evacuated. But you know, or we changed it to what unloading because uh, evacuating so you know harsh. Uh, but uh, that's what you're doing, really. And uh, all of them needed it because the power was dumped, and you can't just turn the power on and send them again. You know, although we all know that that's been done a handful of times. But you're not supposed to do that. It's not done very often. What are you talking so. about Willis? I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, you do what you got to do, and you uh, you listen to who said it. <laughs> Hey, Chris, when we, when we get to a little bit of news later on, keep what you just said in mind, because I we will. might be talking about a ride that just got started up after a breakdown on its own yeah, pretty yeah. recently. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Things happen. But for the most uh, part. <laughs> what do you guys have? You guys have any other questions about dispatch? I, I always wonder, like, and, and do not give any details, but did either of you have to deal with, with a, a death while you were in dispatch? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I would have figured during your time you probably would have. That's that right there alone, man. When I was in dispatch and realized you're the person who has to kind of like that call in goes to you and then you have to coordinate. I was like, yeah, I don't want that. I was like, it's bad enough. I might get it on the live end at a ride or, you know, when you're in grounds or covering whatever the hell we were covering at the time. But I'm like, I don't want to coordinate that. You know, that's 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 rough. Awful. Give me a lot of. And I was in nursing school at the time. So I was like, I really wish I was kind of out there. You know, I kind of felt like that too. Like, yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. I, I didn't think I was going to like dispatch because I loved being out in the park and everything. But I was like, you know, open to try anything and help out or whatever. I did it a few times. I really enjoyed it. It was nice. You learned a lot too. You yeah, know, it yeah. was great hanging with everybody in the office and stuff. It was great. And I believe but I, I did change one day. Yeah. Too, so nobody could come into your area, yes. but you could kind of participate or yes. you could shut your upper gate too. And, you know. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And I, I, I did train guy. with Harry, and he and was then, a great trainer. <laughs> he was great. Uh, like, Steve, yeah. do you remember back when, like, the original part of, like, the supervisory training program was, like, you had to spend a day in dispatch? That was that was why I did it. But, but I only had to do four hours, and I didn't have to actually run it. I just had to shadow a dispatcher. Um, but I'm pretty sure prior to me, because you remember, I, I felt like, when we now that we're taking these while we're on these podcast episodes, we're taking step backs and looking at the history of our transition from starting at the park to the end of the park. I feel like we have steadily seen where as we got closer to leaving the park, the requirements for supervisors became very less stringent, much simpler to hire somebody and just throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that 
last. That was my job. You know, I just. I mean, there there wasn't a need for an area trainer to make sure they knew all the rides anymore. There wasn't a need to run dispatch for eight hours. I feel like they just kind of shortened that training more and more because they needed to get people like out in the park and running. But I think. In the beginning, I think they had to do eight hours of dispatch and actually dispatch. The person were shadowed then, and they shadowed the dispatcher. But by my time, I just had to shadow and listen for four hours. It was supposed to be a full day, too. And after four hours, they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we can use you in the park. Go out. And that was it. That's all I ever got. They didn't even do that when I was. That's my point. Yep. I had a feeling you didn't because I thought the people after me didn't even have to do that anymore. So we, I mean, I, I think we're lucky, Andy, because we were kind of right on the last of the verge of the, the train. People had to be trained really in detail. You know, yeah, I mean, it took a couple of months. I mean, you had to go train every ride in the park, you had to do admissions, you had to do guest services, you had to do grounds, you had to do well. During uh, our time, you, you know, weren't a full time supervisor. Like your first year was almost a whole year of training. You really didn't work on your own until the end of the freaking year. Whereas other people, right. it was like they got a month and they were on wow. their own. A month, man. I told you, I spent most of my time at the top of Riptide. <laughs> like, most of my time, if I tell you what I remember from training. Most of it was at the top of Riptide, getting sunburned. Yeah. Like I, it was extremely low. Like like the shadowing was at best half. Half of the I time like, Riptide, half of the time with shadowing. Yeah, I got like a week or two of walking with like you know Steve or someone else, and then I was on my own, and somebody was shadowing me. But it was like you know they were off doing whatever. Yeah, God knows what Steve was doing during those times. And when dispatch, <laughs> when dispatch first started. It wasn't, it was in the office. It was over when you walked in the office, it was on the right and nobody stood there. It was actually whoever was in the office, like the two people who were in the office, if it happened to go off, you ran over there and answered it. It was well, not even a I big know. deal. It was just a little, you know, it was just right there sitting there. No one, you know, like you didn't have to man it or anything. The radios were everywhere, you know, in the back. Oh yeah. Back there, you just pulled the radios. It was only because of Jordan. I was going to say, once Jordan came in, everything changed. But was it still four departments in there, Lynette? What was it still rides? Oh, yeah, it was. Yep, it was all the four departments, but they didn't, they just had it literally. It was just right over there on the left. When you walked in the office, it was right there on the right. It was just the, yeah. In fact, I was like so angry when I first found out we were getting a whole room. Cause I was like, oh, you're going to be like excluded from everyone. You're not going to be able to know what's going on. And you know, that first instinct is like, what, why are you changing it? But wow. then, you know, once you realized, yeah, it was so weird. Cause you know, it became such a, literally it was, it was, you know, it was the office, it was dispatch and it was payroll. Right. So yeah. they, yeah. you know, became very, but yeah, and it was just a little thing. And when I started working there, you said, you know, you have to do everything. You have to do dispatch and the office. Okay, yes. I'm cool with that. But I like dispatch better. And then Christine came on the scene and she didn't know how to do dispatch. I said, so I'll take her shifts. <laughs> and then Harry came on the scene and he didn't do the office, but he only did dispatch. So I was back to oh, in the knows? rotation. <laughs> yeah, back to in the knows? rotation. You well, know, well, Harry did do some of the office, but I think once the whole office thing came in and Jordan became specific about certain things that he wanted and didn't want. And it was his ball game. So we did exactly what he wanted us to do. So some of that was because of what he wanted. So, and I loved him. Love Jordan. Me too. Me too. He was the greatest person. He was amazing. It's pretty funny. Cause I did too. I, I always thought Jerry was fantastic. 
Um, yes. And all my interactions with them are always good. But ironically, in our chat, we actually have one that's oh. quite, it's not an anti-Jerry. Not an no, anti-Jerry. no. But yeah, Chris, you want to? I was it? just going to say, love Jerry. Loved him. Really enjoyed him. Can yeah. be cranky at times. Yes. Oh, my and, God. Oh, yes. And, and then oh. later on, just be okay. Like it never. I was yeah, terrified of him. Like I was scared shitless. I did everything. I was scared of him, but I admired him immensely. I didn't hear him one time, like, and we're, you know, at Batman, a oh. <laughs> little loud. And he told me he had it and I didn't hear him. And he had to say it twice. He got a little cranky, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? but like, oh, yeah. you know, overall though, yes. I thought he was great. You know, it's just the way he was. He was, uh, he was great. One of I your, uh, your working in dispatch, his, um, girlfriend, yes. fiance, whatever would call all the time. And because he was always out in the park somewhere, so I would have yep. to radio and find him. And like meeting her, I guess, over the te telephone, like I realized there was a different side of him. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, yes, I, I know. I talked that. to her a lot. I that saw was so that, cute. Like, yeah, and she would say like he sent her things or did something. And I was like, there's another side to him that's super sweet and tender. And we never see that. <laughs> right, exactly. I think that's why you, right, you can see past certain things because you did see another side of him. Yeah. It's funny because as a soup, it was the same way. Like if you were a black tag or a red tag, Jerry Jordan wasn't your friend. Like he was he was just a, another management guy that was out in the park and you kind of worried. He, yeah, you kind of worried he might be out there to get you in trouble or be looking at you making a mistake. You didn't view it that way. But then when you became a supervisor, the more you like hung with him in the office, not that we hung out with him because he had his own you know back room, but the more he would like come in or you he would call you into his office or the more he would see you handle something bad that was a bad situation very well the more he became friendly to you and like by my last i'd say five years i i i adore jerry like I, he was one of those guys that i just trusted if something was bad and i went up and talked to him i wasn't going to get reamed he was going to take care of it you know so yes. it was one of those things where it was a very different relationship and i really liked him and i actually just thought he was like a nice guy at that point you know what i mean which was so different than when i first knew who he was you know yeah, yeah. I also remember like every single employee barbecue we ever had, oh, yeah. Jerry he would be at. flipping burgers. Like he'd yes, be working the whole yep. day yep. for yep. the employees. Yeah. And just his little way to give back. Super friendly. Now, ironically, one of your prior dispatchers, Allison, just posted in chat though, she did have an instance where she had to call a possible fatality on top of the Asian. And Jerry came in and reamed her about it. But you backed her up fully, uh, Lynette, and and then Jerry kind of backed down. I was like, okay, it was all done right. Never mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that also serves to point out, like, I don't think that's such a, such a negative to Jerry, though. Jerry was the guy who, if you fucked around the radio, get off the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were banned. He did not like radio. Oh. And, no. and you act professional no. at a breakdown. Uh, he used yep. to come to every single flush. At the rapids, everyone he would always go if he was in the. Oh my god! And don't say flushed. Everyone exactly, oh, yeah. he, and he didn't like that. And I think I remember one employee, like a couple employees, like skipping around the reservoir and stuff, and they were just like overjoyed that this was happening. He was pissed, rightfully yes. so too. Yes. He yeah. was pissed. It well, because so many people wasn't their shining moment. I'll say that there were a lot of very successful. <laughs> That you know, uh, breakdowns there, but that one wasn't so good. <laughs> so, yeah, he was pissed. I ever done, had a direct dealing with him was like, I trashed the radio, one of the newer, smaller, sweeter radios. Yeah. But it was because yeah. I had to evacuate two kids with um, 
severe autism off the, the lift of uh, the hydroflume. Oh, is this when it fell? No, but nobody fell, but I had to, and it was the middle of a thunderstorm. No, I meant the radio, because I remember there are many a times where radios dropped from the top of the hydro flume (laughs) into the fucking resident, like, now. I remember Uh, that. It was just water damage from the pouring rain. Oh, God. Like, I was trying to, like, call, and he's like, turn your radio off. But then I I didn't get any shit, because I was like, listen, I had to make a call. Oh, yeah. These kids were freaking climbing the railing, the handrails on the top of the lift. I was like, I had to get them down now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he didn't get me much trouble with that. Yeah, he's like the definition though of a firm but just boss. You know I what know. I mean? Like, like even yeah, when he got my break with you, you knew that there was a reason why he was doing it, and it may have pissed you off at the moment. But when you took a step back, you're like, "All right, I understand what he was doing." You know, and and he would comp that like the perfect example is like the Allison example. Like when he when it gets pointed out, like, dude, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, without pointing out. By the way, I'm 18 years old. I don't fucking know any better. You know, <laughs> like he would calm down. You know, <laughs> one of the few things I remember during my super training that week or two, you told me explicitly. He's like, "Do not, you know, relay any bad information over the radio because there's plenty of people listening around the park yeah. who are just waiting for any kind of like." They you know, are, and and six is not your friend. Don't think you can go to six and chat because right. everyone goes to six and hears you. You dummy. You know, <laughs> like don't do that. That was also one of the things I always trained immediately because everyone used to be like. Let's go to six. And it's like you'll just get fired, you know. And make sure you <laughs> yeah. switch back. You don't don't stay on six. That's happened a lot of times. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't hear any calls. That's <laughs> because you're on six, uh-huh. asshole. Yeah. Um, I'll leave this with my. This is what my final thought on dispatch is that when it when it was in that room though, that room had the bi level door where the bottom would always be closed and the top would always be open, yep. and the top. If you walked in and that top was closed, it was one of two reasons. Somebody was in there having a private chat or three reasons. Sorry. Somebody was in there and having lunch and don't want you to fuck with them. Leave them alone so they could eat their damn lunch while they're dispatching or shit was going down. Stop bothering them. Like power failure door got shut. Like just leave them the hell alone. You know? (laughs) Yes. Do you guys have any other finals before we move on to dispatch? Any other Ideas, Peluso, Scotty, Andy. Uh, my favorite dispatch is still Heidi with the bees. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else was there that day, but Heidi with the bees yelling at me, Chris, get the Batman. I'm like, what? She goes, there's bees everywhere. They're attacking the ride. <laughs> and she couldn't have been more right. That's exactly what was happening. There was a swarm of wasps. There's no code for that. There's no- <laughs> I don't think there is. It was a bad bee movie. It was so great. <laughs> I think yeah, my yeah. favorite is when you got an inexperienced supervisor and they'd be like, 160 base, and you'd hear 10 9. 10 Can you just call dispatch, please? <laughs> Shut up. Stop calling me on the radio. Everybody like, hold the radio away from your mouth. Yeah. They're just sitting there like, idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, moving on to something a little bit different. So you guys would be in the office and you would get to experience something that almost nobody else would get to experience. Almost all of our terminations of employees would be in the back of the office. And we would usually close the door, but that didn't prevent anyone from hearing anything. And sometimes we wouldn't close the door because it wasn't expected to be like a really bad situation or anything, you know. You're terming them for, you know, no shows and they finally decide to show up six weeks later like bye you know but 
Do you guys have any remembrances of any unique or interesting or maybe volatile terminations that you heard in the office? Was anybody there that day when Steph had a line outside? It was like a deli. And she kept calling people. Like She would just keep bringing them back to me. Everything. It was a mix of written warning, suspension, termination. <laughs> and uh, if anybody was there that day, curious. If anybody remembers that, it was it was great like it, and terrible at the same time. Because it was like eight, nine people. And it was like they were at the deli. Um, and, and then a point. What's up, Scott? What was the backlog for? Was, or was that just one day's work? I think the backlog is because Steph thought she was a, a state trooper giving tickets and it was the end of the month and she was like, look at all these people I haven't written up yet. I'm going to bring them over today. If I remember correctly, too, in pure Steph fashion, who I, who I love, uh, she was just like, hey, can you help me with some of these? Like, there was no, like, hey, it's going to be like 9, 10. And she laughed every time she came back with another one. She had that big smile on her face. She would come in for a quick, like, summation. This one's this, you know what I mean? It was so great. It was so great. Love the firing and write-ups. Some supervisors, I mean, I was, like, probably more, like, I didn't like it, but I did it because it was, you know, I needed to. But, like, do you guys get a sense of like who brings in the most people for write-ups and terminations or anything like that? I really or? never paid attention to that at all. I really I didn't. Know, I was going to say, I don't really, yeah, like I, nothing that is like, yeah, profound or. Was it pretty often though that people came up to get written up? I mean, I felt like I, I don't was. Know, yeah, it happened all the time. Yeah. But like, I don't know what was going on back there. We had a lot of stuff to do and we were very busy in the office working hard. <laughs> Slaving, we were slaving. Love it. Hey, every hour those admission numbers come in, and you have to do math every hour (laughs) until we got the program right. Right, you didn't even catch it in. Oh, no, when I left, it was on paper still. Oh, was it? Yeah, we ended up being able to put it on the computer. Oh, that's nice. But yeah, (laughs) I thought it was fun to do a lot of that stuff manually. It's funny, definitely. But you you know, it's now it's all. Now it's digital. Like they don't even do the count anymore. Oh wow! And then in dispatch, you had to call it out every hour. But I do yep. remember that you were in the office, like you know, a few minutes before the hour. Yeah, it was very busy. You got yeah. all the. Yeah, was like, I get the count. Get the count ready. And, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, because it if that count was not out, we were dead right. meat. Yeah. Absolutely, wow. we yeah. were dead That's meat. Funny. That man was calling. Yeah. Where's, Where's the, the count? Where's the count? After the hour. I still oh, yeah, want to like, call We're... today and just see if the, the code has changed. I just want to call. They don't even announce the count. They don't announce it at all. So really? Did the count radio. Ever, like not line up at the end of the night. Like you had ten thousand and twenty people come in no, and only two thousand nineteen leave. They, you no, always had. That wasn't accurate. accurate. <laughs> right. We just. <laughs> and you figured, you know, I, half the time I always even wondered if they even read the gates. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, sure they anyway. did, but. At the end of the night, they were like, we lost one person. <laughs> go, go find them. I always wondered that. We lost one person. They're still living in the park. They're in the yeah. wagon. Oh, behind They're Best of the West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Underneath Conestoga Wagon somewhere. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of food to eat, at least. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, like, it's, we're talking about, like, we were talking before this started, and I was like, I have a very simple question for him. And I asked Scott, I'm like, do you know the answer? And he's like, no, this is the simplest question for you guys. And it follows up on what Jackie just said. Looking back on the park, okay, and looking back when I would go into the office, and it didn't matter if I was a black tag, a red tag, or a blue tag. 
you guys always looked like you were so fucking busy. However, I never had a fucking clue what you did on a day-to-day basis. I understood like the cow and I understood like, you know, basic things. But what was a day like being in the office from beginning to end? And I'm not saying that to point out, like, did you actually just chill most of the day and just react or whatever? But I'm like, I had no freaking clue what you guys did on an eight-hour shift. I remember, you know, walking into operations, there was the big L-shaped desk. There was always two to three people behind Behind the desk, plus the person over at dispatch. And we all knew what dispatch was doing. But, yeah, and everybody always looked very... Hard at work doing things, but I, like, I was a mystery. And well, think about every employee in that park. They right. had to be right. maintained, right. hired, right. wardrobe, changing, right. hiring, training, you know, people calling out, no showing, all those logs, you guys moving people from one ride to another yeah. ride, all that had to get done. Yeah. So those tedious daily things was like, and we had four departments. Right. So it wasn't just rides, we had ground shows and admissions. So auditions and you know, calling people who no showed three times and all that, you know, like it was just giving out the paychecks on Thursday. The pay- yes, the paychecks. Big oh, day, big dealing day. with the problems from paychecks. All, all the problems, all the problems. Like people would come in the office crying about their manager, their supervisor. Oh my God. You know, that too. And you know, Stephen Hicks, it. he's such a dick. He's so mean to me. Big time. <laughs> people would come in and try to get you to transfer them. To yes, yes. Oh, oh, transfers all. all and then the we had to fill out the request forms, right? Yep. Yep. And then you give it to us and Blue. So what 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 happened to that request for? Did not. <laughs> well, because we we'll take it under consideration. We had all the details on that person. Well, the we other thing, thing about is that person. we would get the transfer form and it'd be like somebody in Koala Canyon. It's like you know, I feel like I deserve to work on the rapids, and I'm I'm putting this in, and I, I'm not even going my. I'm just gonna give it to you guys, and then you guys would answer this form. We're like. BBL. <laughs> so, like, the people at BBL that brought you transfer forms, did you just tell them, like, no, take this back. You're not going to get approved. Like, <laughs> No, no. We never oh, did yeah. anyone's hope. Nope. We let, said, here, fill this form out. We'll give it to but, the supervisor. But here's the caveat. <laughs> if I don't hire somebody for BBL, I'm going to be working in BBL on the days that they're short. So That's a good point. It behooves me to staff BBL really oh, well. Oh, yeah. We actually have a friend who has one of the office women like Gigi who convinced him to go to BBL his first season because he didn't know any better yep. finish. He was like, he's like, I didn't know. And he was like, oh, you should go to BBL. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll go to BBL. Gigi hustered it in. He totally did. And then it was like middle of the season, he came out. I told him, I talked about this on the well, last time he was on the podcast. He came out of BBL while I was the 120 supervisor and he walked up to me and I was actually going to the Sombrero, El Sombrero, which was right outside of BBL. And it was, I swear I was like out of Dickens, please, sir, I work in BBL, may I please work the hat? I will, I'm not looking for a coaster. I'm not looking for the log flume. I just want to work the El Sombrero, please. And I was like, <laughs> Just to get out of BBL, right? I put him on the hat. He actually got you <laughs> by doing that. It totally worked, so. Another ride that was difficult to staff though, which one? The El Sombrero. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, rides were difficult to staff. Also think about I didn't it. ask them. I put them in a spot. I'm oh. like, this is where you're working. I didn't give them a choice. When they came oh. in after training, I did nope, it wrong. this is where you're going. Because <laughs> well, we would get the list ahead of time. And they would, like Billy or, you know, Ellen, and they would say, we need this filled. We need this filled. We need this filled. So a lot of times we didn't even have a choice. 
they didn't have a choice, you know, unless they were rehired for a couple of years. Cash. Hey. On the coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. That would have been I a good know. idea. I could have said, you know what? Yeah. Here, put it in the paycheck. How much? work on the coaster. Quick comment on Queen and Queen and you know I loved everyone. I even loved you, Queen. And. <laughs> <laughs> I even loved you, Queen. And. <laughs> We did. Um, so here's a good follow-up to, to to what do you do at the office? Here's a good follow-up. What was the most annoying thing a regular employee would do when they walked into that office? What what would they do that would just make you be like, get the fuck out of the office right now? Like, what was one of the most annoying things that you could think of? Other than bringing up paperwork late at the end of the night. Uh, that's probably Ooh. pretty bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had an incident. I corrected oh, it, Allison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Allison brought up how she got the fear of of of, of like God into Peluso oh. because he was late in getting his turnstiles. And I put the fear of God in everyone, <laughs> and it never happened again. Oh, oh we yeah, first, because we had we were first. Yeah, we had a report that had to be done from those turnstiles, so right. we couldn't go home yeah. until you guys all brought that stuff yeah. in. I mean, let's also be honest, though. Me and Andy were in one twenty the whole fucking farthest away you can be from the office and our sheets were in Peluso is five feet from the office in 150 and his shit can't get in on time. Come on, working at 2, 3 a.m. every night. You know, it takes a toll. What do I do? Yes, I'm close. But you I'm were just further. trying to get change under the free fall along with everybody else. That's what you were doing. Steve, don't you remember? That was like our... You know, like our get, like we would pick somebody every night. You know, go around and get the turnstile. That's it. Yeah, up. that's what a, so yeah. everyone would you know, do. And then, yeah. then you can go home. You didn't have yep. to say, you know. So that oh, was kind of you just dangle shot. that in front of people all day long. And then yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta rotate it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. I mean, what's the most interesting? Because for anybody who doesn't know, the office staff a lot of times walk the VIPs around, right? Like mm -hmm. you escorted various people. So what was the most interesting story you have? I've got one too, but I'll let you go first. What was the most interesting VIP stories you remember like escorting? Like, Did you guys get to escort? I know Gigi got sent out there all the time, but did you yeah, guys- Yeah, she was the one who was like the office designated- And Allison. VIP walker. And Allison, Allison yeah. yep, Allison. Yeah, well, that Gigi ended up going to PR. Yeah. For, you know, to, yep. to work on. Yeah. And then they pulled that from us and they gave it to them. Right. Um, I don't even know. Just they, some of them were very demanding. Yeah. And expected yeah. us to like bend over backwards and pull the red carpet. And then some were super down to earth. Who are the biggest names you remember? Do you remember any like really big names? Oh my God, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. You want me to remember from years ago? For real. I remember a lot of rich person's kids yeah. aren't even famous. Yes. Yeah, I escorted uh, the um, guy who owned Radio City Music Hall. Oh, wow. That's a good and, one. And he was very nice and he told me a lot of stories. I mean, basically, you were escorting them to the exits of the rides. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we knew our way around the park. So if they would be like, I want to go to this ride next or I want to eat here, you know, you would just take them to wherever they wanted to go. Or, like I said, up the exits to the rides, which yeah. was really obnoxious. Like, as somebody who worked in rides, I really hated that, you know, having to go up the exit of the ride and, and be like, you know, we, I mean, these people, all, these people get to cut because they're, yeah, with me. 
I remember Trump always being there and being escorted around with his, you know, Don Jr. and Ivanka. Yes. Know, oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh, my God. I don't remember him at all. Okay, so here's the thing. I remember Trump when I was a lead being there, but both times, it, it's so funny because I'm, I'm, you know, we're not a political podcast in any way, but I'm not pro-Trump, but it has nothing to do with Trump as a president. I've just never been pro-Trump because I'm a poker player and he fucking caused every casino I like to basically go out of business. <laughs> kicked there many times too. You know, but I will say the reason I remember Trump being, I remember two times as a lead on the log flume, Trump coming to the park two years in a row. And the reason he was there is because supposedly out of his pocket, he paid to bring underprivileged kids from New York into the park. Oh, and there wow. were a shitload of kids that were like with him and some other people that he was with. And they, they all got up the exit of the log flume both years but it was one of those things where it was like, I thought that was cool. It was the only time yeah. I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. Like, that's a yeah. really cool thing. And and yeah. he did have a shitload of kids there. I remember yeah. that. Well, I started like bumper cars, and I worked with bumper cars. Like, no, these weren't his kids, which yeah. were probably there. These were, I didn't even know he had kids at the time. These were literally <laughs> like kid kids that he had brought there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other one I remember was when, uh, I don't remember who the, the VIPs that were being escorted around were. But I was when I was leader Rapids, and two of the the office women were escorting them. They came up with the people, and they were standing on the dock while the the uh, VIPs were on the ride. And the person who was operating forgot to take his foot off the pedal when he was commenting on oh no how oh, no. the uh, various attributes of the two <laughs> um, office women. It was uh, Gigi and uh, somebody oh, no. else, and he Allison. was like, saying it like into the microphone, so he was talking like. I was like, dude, <laughs> after like a minute, I was like, you're on the mic. Like, everybody can hear you, not just the two women, but also everybody in line and everything. I was like, you got to take your foot off the mic. He's, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. His name was Scott. I don't remember the last name. And no, it was not me. Like, um, You know what? On that note, we never answered the question about the annoying thing in the office. And I have to say, I'm not going to name any names, um, but there was an office girl who caught the attention of one of the grounds workers who would work in the back. And he was always in the office and talking to her and leaning on the counter and, you know, sending her flowers. And it was uh, a bit much, <laughs> bit much for a while. <laughs> like a whole summer? Um, and he worked in the back. Definitely. He worked in, like, he cleaned the employee's side. Oh, of okay. Oh, so he could easily walk in without anyone yelling at right, him. Right, right, because he area. kind of, like, cleaned our area to a little bit, you know, like, Was it up. someone that primarily cleaned the dumpster pad? I have no, what, what is that? Big guy? No, no, not okay. him. Okay. Thank God it wasn't him. I'd have been afraid. Yeah, well, that's because I was like, how would you get him out? <laughs> <laughs> He was standing outside our door with a pitchfork, and Lynette had to be like, come on, you need to kind of like move along. You're frightening people here. Pitchfork, okay. And it was not, it was not um, October. Right. right. It was not Bright Fest. Nice. Okay, what was the name of the one grounds person who like had a thing for kiddie pools? Like he would always climb in them anytime he saw them. One. That's who we're talking Brian about. Oh, Brian Oh, Brian, Brian Stokes. Brian Stokes. Yes. 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 <laughs> right. It, this other um, person had a also was named Brian, but a different last name. Oh, okay. I already now I know you're talking about. Okay. Well, there you go. So we had like room in his heart for more than just kitty pools. He actually <laughs> found room in there for one of the office people too. I guess. No, no, no different person. Different, uh, that's different what you said. Different person. Uh, okay. Same first name. Same first name. 
Um, they, I you remember, know, I remember wrangled occasionally. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> when we're going back to the VIPs, I'm not going to say the name of the employee, but I remember I got called over to the Buccaneer. And uh, it wasn't me, right? <laughs> it was not you. <laughs> Just post your time. I called the Buccaneer, and I want to say Gigi was the, the escort at the time that called me over, but I could be wrong. And this is when the escorts were given radio so they can warn us that they were coming up on certain big rides. And um, I only got called up because the, ride, the guy that was the ride lead refused to let them up the exit from the <laughs> Buccaneer. And the best oh. was, the best was, I I want to say it was Gigi. It was definitely a female escort. I want to say it was Gigi. I could be wrong, but I remember her. I remember coming up, and it's John Bon Jovi, and she's like, she's like, huh. um, he actually walked up before me and said, "Hey, I'm John Bon Jovi. I don't want to cause a big thing. Can we just slip in?" And the employee goes, "I'll give a fuck if you're the Pope." No, <laughs> go wait in line. Oh New Jersey son, is he crazy? <laughs> he literally just like, fuck. And she goes, she goes, it wasn't even that he wanted to have equality in the right. online. It was just that he said fuck to him. That probably isn't professional. I'm like, it's probably not professional that he just said any of that. <laughs> so, and the funny part is at this point, people are now looking at him. So he didn't want to go on anymore. He just wanted to get the hell out of there. But, you know, she just wanted to tell me about it. But it was funny because, like, I had to reprimand the dude. But I remember just laughing so hard. And my favorite thing is when I went up, I was like, I'm talking to him in the Buccaneer shed. And I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, I don't know who that is. I don't listen to John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's got to be somebody that's your taste, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. That one always kills me. I just remember, I remember a little line was so great. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're the Pope. Get online. <laughs> of all things, the Buccaneer. Like, you know. Yeah. like I know. It's probably a five-minute ride, you know. You're going to but, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I want to point out, anyone that's listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, if you go back on our Facebook page and look at the chat from this live version, there are so many stories being told in the chat of people, of employees meeting famous people in a lot of different funny events. It is worth checking out. Yeah, I'm not going to name them all because they're popping up fast and furious. Hey, we may have to make it a show, man. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember meeting Eddie Murphy more than once. Uh, Melanie yeah. Griffith and Antonio Banderas, when they were together, they came in as a family. The one I, I remember Malcolm Jamal Warner during the Cosby Show times was there a lot. Went, that was back when I was in 120 on the mine train, and he loved of the mind train so I, I remember putting up the episode of the mind train like easy like 10 times so yeah oh, there's yeah. some people that were just cool i also remember i didn't do this but i know this happened i remember um emmanuel lewis not being high enough to go on the bumper car <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like, i'm an adult <laughs> you all need the height requirement it's all about height it's not about age yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. about shit yeah we had a similar situation on the shockwave well that was a stand-up coaster so you can right so yeah. you had to be able to get on like that. With his <laughs> <laughs> oh my testicles are in my throat but i had a great time on the ride right. oh shit yeah uh, all right i'm gonna follow that question up with an even more loaded one what was the most <laughs> annoying thing that 
supervisors did that pissed you guys off besides I mean, the turnstile sheet lateness obviously nothing for me obviously so. <laughs> oh, of course not <laughs> <laughs> there had to be stuff that we did that annoyed you guys turning your stuff in after we ran all of the oh yeah masters and like having changes after we were totally finished and had to redo all of that that pissed God. me off I've been there. But, I've, been, I've been there to ask for changes. So other than that, nothing super crazy. You know, it's funny. I, I I remember in the beginning it was all paper, and then you guys started putting everything into the computer, and then you were more at a computer than just sitting behind a desk doing paper, right? Yes. Because we started Yeah, you started using programs and putting stuff in for efficiency and, and better tracking on a database versus like the fucking tack room being filled with more paper, you know, that eventually yep. will just be destroyed or we're going to steal, you know, <laughs> like our control cards, you know. But um, it's funny <laughs> as, as as someone who now looks back on like the time passing, I remember when you guys were more paper, we would get yelled at so much more and it made so much more sense because then you had to paper take and change shit and all that. Whereas when you guys started going into computer programs, we didn't get yelled at as much. It was more like a slap on the hand. And then it took you two minutes to update it. And then you're just right, like, exactly. you know, so. It was yeah. just because we could too, I think. We could spank you. So we did. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let that, sometimes we really deserved it. Sometimes yeah. we went in there thinking we're like the shit. And you guys were like, <laughs> we're the shit. We're the office guys. <laughs> and we're going to knock you down a bit. That was one of those things where I remember like, you know, once you had like three or four years under your belt as a supervisor, you were pretty confident. And then there were certain spots you go in, you, you went to where you were just like, I can't show that here because they're more confident than I am. <laughs> like they will knock me down a peg, you know? Like you didn't go into like any of the, you know, the maintenance sheds and act cocky. It didn't matter how experienced you were, they would be like, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember I was always trying to best behavior at the office and I would try to keep a low profile and just get in and out, like, you know, try not to get yelled that at. That was the way to do it. Yeah, stay under the radar. That was the best way to do but it. But you guys weren't afraid, right? Like you weren't afraid of us. I, I wasn't afraid of you guys. I was afraid that Karen would find me up there. <laughs> no, no, even Allison. I wasn't afraid of Allison. I just felt so bad. I disappointed Allison. It was that we liked you guys. That's exactly perfect, Blue. So yes. that's how it worked for me, too. It was never a fear of you guys. Although I'm a little Good. different because I grew up from 16 on partying with you guys. Right. So I had a different attitude. Where attitude, I, I agree. It was a different yeah. rapport, right. Exactly <laughs> different. But like Chris said, I never fe feared you guys. But if, if I knew that my people didn't do something and you guys had to stay an extra hour, I felt right. like shit. Just exactly. like shit. Like I failed. I knew I failed. I knew my first was failed and thus I failed, you know? And then right. I blame Andy. And then I say uh, Andy. You know? <laughs> Love you too, Allison. <laughs> Never again, one time. <laughs> um, I I personally don't have any other questions specific to the office that I could think of. I, I honestly, I think the biggest one for me was simply like, what the hell did you guys do? Like, I literally always saw you guys being busy, but never knew what you did. And I always, I mean, in the back of my head, I'm like, I knew it had to be like paperwork type shit and all that. But it's funny because... 
30 years later until you started saying things like masters and this and that. And then I'm like, oh yeah, they had a lot of shit they had to do. <laughs> like it didn't And that's not that. even the corporates. That's just the daily stuff. Like then right. don't forget there was corporate and then there were tons of reports for everyone else. Yeah. So, you know. And you're just talking saying. about rides too. We did shows and rounds, rounds and yeah. admissions. Admissions was a lot. Admissions was a lot. And we would also go help out in guest relations, like if if they yeah. were short staffed. So we did get to see a lot of that. I don't think there's a job that I actually didn't do. Like uh, I even drove agreed. the tractor during Fright Fest one. Yes. Me too. Yes. I did too. Now that's some training there. Right. The parking lot. For about yep, that's when we started in the parking lot. Yeah, right. It took me about 45 minutes to get it started, and then about 15 <laughs> riding around the lot. And now it's like, get out there. We did it all. We did. We really did. But I yeah. think we liked it. We were kind of team players. Like, this needs to happen. Get so done. Let's get out there and Make do it. Make it happen. I you agree. Know, team players. You guys were so invaluable at the end of the year. When we went weekends only and everybody went back to college, man, the office staff saved our ass on the major rides so freaking often. Yeah. It wasn't funny. Yeah. There, I mean, there, there was, I, I think it was like there was a four-year period where, like, I, Gigi would always work the Rapids. Like, period. Like, yeah. I'd be like, uh, can we get Gigi at the Rapids? And you guys would be like, yup. And she gets stuck working the Rapids, you know? <laughs> like. You know, and it's like, yeah, she can operate on manual for all we care. Like, so. At this point, we didn't give a shit. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys definitely saved our asses a lot. Um, do you guys have anything else? Chris, Andy, Scott, you guys have any other questions you guys were thinking of? I know I, know I monopolized the questions, but I had a couple. So I don't think so. I'm trying to think a little cloudy. <laughs> Chris oh, my, oh god i hope they don't ask specifics because i can't remember squat <laughs> well it, I, mean, I mean i think you realize Lynette, that's why we do this podcast i've literally said a hundred times like we're doing this because i think in five years my senile mind will not remember anything <laughs> i know but it's great that out. you do it i love it i enjoy it i think it's a lot we were such a family too i think that's why everybody Absolutely. bounced off everyone else and you know we yeah. it was just such a like why you didn't want to leave because you were such a family and we yeah. were so connected. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, like it's the first like yeah. job that a lot of us had for a long period of time. And yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah. leaving the family when you, you finally had to take. The yeah. Leave. I mean, it was easy for me because some, some idiot like told me to come to games and I hated it there. <laughs> I, I screwed it down. I got to go. But <laughs> it's funny. There, the, the, um, the ending line of the movie stand by me, which I think is one of the best things that Stephen King ever wrote, even though I know it's the movie he did. It was in the book as well. As he said, like, you know, looking back, you know, I never had friends like I did when I was 12 years old. And then he just says, Jesus, does anybody, I always portray that to my work relationship yep. with great adventure. My current job I've been at, twice as long as as at great adventure maybe almost three times now but great adventure will always be the job that i think of as my best job ever where i learned everything and i had everything like so tight you know yep. there, there were people that you would only work with for one year and then they'd leave the park and yet you may still be friends with them right now because that one year was so tight you did so much with them you know? yes. but yeah, there are people like you can just see randomly like out and about and then you're like oh my god i haven't seen you in forever and you have but it's like yeah yeah yeah, it's definitely mm -hmm. a place for sure. Yeah. Um, here's, a, here's a question for all of you. And it kind of falls along that type of, of thought frame. Like when I worked at the park, I rarely ever took a Saturday, Sunday off. Ever. Oh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I mean, yeah. Well, I also liked going to 
opening movie matinee. So I always tried to take Thursday, Friday off so I could go to a movie by myself. And the only people that would be in the first matinee of a movie, which at the time used to be like 9 a.m. They don't do that anymore because of COVID. Movie theaters are like like failing. But back when we worked in a park, you could actually go see a 9 a.m. matinee of a movie for its opening day on a, on a Friday. And the only people who would be there were the old people that they bust to the movie, movie theater. <laughs> so it would be me and like 10 old people. And I loved it. But I never understood the line working for a week, living for the weekends or working for the weekends. Nice. That never made any sense to me my entire career at the park because I was like, who the hell does that? Now I'm like a nine to five nice. to Friday guy. Now that's not true. I mean, I work during the week. I can work at almost any time. But my job is technically nine to five. Technically. Right. And I live for the weekends. It's so fucking true. Like, I love the weekends. Like, I feel like it's the when you left Great Adventure, the day was done and the next day was brand freaking new and blank. The only time you had a, a standover to the next day for us would be if there was something that happened the day before that was lingering, like a major breakdown or a termination or something like that. But otherwise, every day was a fresh, brand new day. And that was it. The day, but like, you didn't, you didn't carry shit over. Like you do in a normal job where it's like, you know, you're on projects and like things are never ending and are always going. It felt like the one job where like if you if you actually left your job the next day, you didn't feel like you left anything behind because everything was closed out. You know what I mean? That's not like my current job. My current job, it's like when I leave on Friday, I'm so happy to disconnect because I know it's all going to be a shit show again on Monday. Do you guys feel like that? Like, do you guys now it's more like adults outside the park? Do you like... You feel like you live for the weekends more because I hate it that I do. Oh my yes, yeah. yeah. But when you're like a kid in the summertime, every day is the weekend. That's yeah, it's true. Whatever you want every day. I mean, it's true. There was right. also too. I'll throw this out there. What days off? There was a lot of that too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't take right. days off. Like I was not only having fun, but uh, an idiot and just like, yeah, I'll do it. And I'll be honest, like I can't work as many out. I, I believe that I got a little burnt you know, from all those hours. <laughs> and I credit a lot of that to food service more than anything. Uh, it was less voluntary and more mandatory there. And uh, a bit uh, a bit too much. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, but, uh, rides, rides, I enjoyed it. Um, the only thing that was, uh, now we talked about fear a little bit um, and they were very understanding, but Phyllis calling me in the morning when yeah. I've done like 10, 12 doubles in a row and she's like, Chris. <laughs> you know because i just slept through every alarm nothing oh. woke me up you know uh and yeah her or billy would just be like just stay home they were just like do not go <laughs> in just stay home they, you know when you were uh, salary or as a supervisor or what were you like doing all this when you were salary or oh yeah yeah no i worked um i think it was 136 hours the the week of pfizer and uh, i always said the hardest part about it was the 100 hour weeks leading up to it and the 110 hour week the week after it like no break abusive i'm saying it, <laughs> I'm saying it. it was abusive and nobody stopped it from happening and it was all down on paper too and just say uh, no. yeah it took a toll no <laughs> in the in the winter in the winter 75 hour weeks in the winter this yeah. was when you were foods though right yes and that's yeah. why i was not foods for more than 1 year um, and would never encourage anyone to go back there if it's still like that. It's but so funny. Of it, some of it was management, though. It's so funny because I, I, like I said, I, I had the opportunity to go to full time foods and I bailed on it. And 
there are a lot of reasons. I mean, the most was the merger. I was just not comfortable. Scott also had, it was already working for a hiring service along with Andy and, and Ken Mount. And they, they had already said like, we can get you in on this place, you know? So it, it just felt like kind of like Lynette was saying in the beginning, it felt like the right time to jump ship. But then I also thought about not only the thought of like, if the merger happens, I'm probably going to get freaking like let go right away anyway. So this <laughs> yeah. is my goddamn time. But then also like, I just came from being, giving an opportunity to be made instantly a full-timer department. I had never worked in games and those games. People did not respect me at fucking all. They liked me or they hated me, but very few of them respected me for a very logical reason, because a lot of them were people that had worked for years for a full-time position. And suddenly Andy has one. I have one. All these rides guys are swooping in and taking them. And in my head, I was like, fuck, do I want to go through this all over again in foods? I don't know anything about foods. Yeah, I don't you made the right decision, man. Foods. Yeah. They're going to treat me like shit. I was like, yeah. the hell with all this. And don't get me wrong. I met some really great people there. There were a lot of fun people there. Yeah, uh, yeah like Marcus, one of my favorite people there, big Atlantic City guy. And uh, I don't know if he ever Marcus, listened Marcus, to this, but Marcus, I just thought I just Marcus, thought of Marcus. Marcus. His brother, Marcus, we know yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, Marcus was awesome. Yeah, and I just went to Atlantic City a little while ago, and I thought of him because uh, he would come in, or I would come in and be like, "Took Route Nine home again," because <laughs> that's what you would do if you lost everything. You had to take Route Nine home. Now a lot of great people there. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, a bit too much. That's interesting. Much. One of the things that soured me was I remember my first year as soup, we were still salary. And like, you know, as an operations ride soup, you would put 50 hours plus in a week and only get paid for 40, not bad an eye because you were salary, you were just whatever. But then like, was it the following year or the year after that, they switched from salary to being hourly? And I remember thinking, oh, that's great. I'm probably gonna get paid for my overtime. But then full-timers made such a stink anytime anybody ever dared go over 40 hours right. that like, I wind up having to like, you know, sign out for 40 hours, but still have to work the extra 50 or whatever. I was like, this sucks. I was like, this that was yeah. like the first thing that soured me on it when I was soup. So, yeah. Gotcha. Back to your question, Steve. I think that um, Great Adventure actually prepared me to be a nurse because we work holidays, weekends, overnights. Yeah. There is no weekend. Whatever you're off is your weekend. So you could say working for the weekend, but your weekend might be Tuesday, Wednesday. That's true. That's true. <laughs> The only thing I ever hated was working on the Fourth of July. Yeah, like I didn't mind working the weekends because, well, like, it's a great fireworks that night. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, we at least working in Western, we get to go see the Beach Boys. And, uh, That's true. That's true. Um, miss out on everything else. True. Yeah, because um, you worked every I'll, holiday. Yeah, but you yeah. had your friends at work. That was a thing, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I mean. I didn't, it's funny, when I became a soup, I stopped doing this, but when I was a black tag and a lead, I mean, even on my days off, I was hanging out in the park with other people. Yeah. Like, literally, basically lived at the freaking park, or we were out, like, nighttime at the beach or something, but even during the day, we'd go back to the park. Yeah. As a soup, I didn't do that as much. As a soup, I pretty much was like, I could stay away from the park, but, And you don't know. call out and get caught in the park. Lynette had Oh, never... yeah. <laughs> that was a... That, you that's heard just, of those people. It's, that yeah. was one of the things wow. that were as a soup, you're just like, how stupid are you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they would call out and walk right by the office. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they wouldn't even go through the main... 
main gate. They'd walk yep. through gate five. Yeah. You're yep, working yep. rides and you're coming. You know what? You're too dumb. Rides. You shouldn't be allowed to work here. So exactly. 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 And then we would just call that supervisor. Guess who I just saw? That's, that's a fun one. Right. I just yeah, love getting those calls too. Like, are, yeah, we were tattletales, weren't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't right, and that wasn't right. Yeah, well, we're the ones who would have to go out and cover their shifts, if right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was a funny. You mentioned earlier too, uh, Steve, about closing the door, and uh, like that was a good. That's a good point because you might be bringing somebody in for a written warning. And it escalates because that person <laughs> just you know calls you this that, the other and just loses their shit over yeah. their written warning, you know, and it, you know, it jumps up a notch out of nowhere. So the door was open, you thought it was gonna be routine. That's <laughs> why I was asking because I had a few that got heated where the person got oh, really yeah. I remember yeah, those, yeah. but nothing super crazy where we had to call security or anything. Well, you know, honestly, your answer for you guys is the best thing in the world because, I mean, if I worked in the office, I wouldn't want any part of that shit. Like, let you all deal with it. My name's Paul. It's between you all. I'm staying the hell away from you all. Like, I don't want no part of your terms, you know? So that 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 made the most logical sense to me because I didn't even – I mean, I probably termed – I mean, I termed a lot of people and not voluntarily. I mean, they were all valid terms, but at the oh, end of the day, I hated doing it. I, there yeah. was never a, a thing I liked no. doing yeah. One thing I liked about it is that I, I was able to shut my emotions off and always right. be very clear about, like, this has nothing to do with you or me. This just has to do with this. This right. is why you're being turned. And that made my terms easy, but it didn't mean that there weren't bad ones. I mean, I remember one dude, I'm not going to say his name, but it, it sounded like Brad Ravis, who was like, I will punch you in your fucking face before we make it out of the gate. And I was like, I would love to see you punch me in the face before we get out of the gate because there's security all over here. And I basically just called his bluff and shut him the hell up. But it was one of those deals where it was like, why are you even making this threat? Like, you deserve this. Like, you know, so. But I know that that although I didn't have any that actually broke into a fight, I know there were some that went really bad that I've heard stories of. So I figured you guys probably had seen them. So that was my only question. That was the only reason I haven't brought that up. No, really. I was just glad it wasn't me, you know, yeah. you know. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's talk about a controversial thing that is not Six Flags, but it's park related. So SeaWorld yeah. sent out an announcement and some people are losing their mind thinking this is the worst possible thing in the world. And some people think this is really cool. I'm actually on the cool thing. I think Scott would be on the cool thing too. This was their, this was their post um, a little while ago, like a couple weeks ago. Uh, for guests to our park, What's better than beer? Free beer! Celebrate the fact that free beer is back at SeaWorld Orlando. Head to Waterway Bar now through August 4th, and every time you come to our park, you get a free ice-cold 7-ounce beer each time you visit this summer. There's people that are like, there's people that are like, they're just promoting drunkenness in the park. And there's people like us where I'm like, I think that's the coolest shit in the world. If I live near SeaWorld and I actually took my kids to that park all the time, and you're like, first of all, it's a seven ounce beer. You're not exactly getting me drunk on <laughs> a, a Dixie cup. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, it's, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. I would not recommend it at Great Adventure because yeah. Great Adventure, you don't, you don't need them drinking anymore and they're already drinking out they have beer back in the park because we were all there back when you know beer garden was open every day and that's there were a lot of fights but i think that's cool what do you guys think about that like Plus, if you just offered one you free want, beer right. every visit sea world is owned by anheuser-busch so they're right. Right. Products. Yes. right right it's only yeah. like 
products that you're getting for free. So how do they, they just limit it to one a person? Is that what you're you get free one line. free beer a person. Oh, okay. Yep, that's it. One free seven ounce beer a person. And that's if you don't want, you don't have to take it. So who cares? someone else take it. Yeah. Right, but and then they have two. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if there's a way to do that. I wonder if there's a way. I thought no, no, about it. Last time I was there, we actually took advantage of this was a few years ago. Yeah. My wife, I was like, you're not drinking beer. Go get me a beer. Like, you well, you, and that, I guess again, yeah, yeah. totally, of course. I don't That's care about the beer. I'm not the biggest fan of seawall. We'll have to see where they're at with the animals. You know what I mean? They had some bad animal stuff happening. Um, but uh, I don't care about the beer. <laughs> yeah, right. of beer. If they were promoting drunkenness, that's different. But they're giving yeah. everybody a Dixie cup of beer. Who cares? <laughs> people don't get drunk and throw up on the rides. You know, oh, cleaning oh, that up was disgusting. Well, imagine anywhere, exactly my point. It's not like Great Adventure where you right. have all these major rides where people do they get, they become drunken drunken messes. It's not that bad at SeaWorld. You know what I mean? Like so. Right. Yeah, you know, it used to be like a mess at Action Park, though. Uh, like, you know, they're so oh, wow. all yeah. into anything. Action Park's rides were meant to toss you around, though. I mean, you didn't even need a beer to get an upset stomach on those things, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Park. having an upset stomach is the worst thing that happened to you at Action Park. <laughs> uh, you had a good day. That was a good uh, thing. Yeah, you made it out well. Day. Yeah, you did well if you got exactly. out of there. But uh, Disney's covered in alcohol. I mean, Epcot couldn't have any more alcohol. It's expensive, but it doesn't stop anyone. Yeah, and uh yeah like there's plenty of drinking going on and it's all good usually fine there's always going to be an incident there's always some joker you know, magic, you know. magic kingdom they only allow it at a couple of upscale sit down exactly but everybody yeah. you're right epcot that's what it's known for it's everywhere like, yeah it's everywhere drinking around the world yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly it's the best <laughs> so they had stopped the alcohol in the park what after like it 88? It was like after the Easter riot. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever that big riot was when those big gangs came That was one of the dispatch questions I had, but I'm sick. I was going to ask about 999s and and, uh, the the fights, the the 28s. Those were scary. Yeah, yeah. How many of those just had? uh, And it was a while. It was many seasons before they started selling beer again. Yeah, yeah. It was was definitely on the embargo for a while. Yeah. Like 10 or something years. It was a lot. Yeah, we had but when they had alcohol, we had a lot of nine nine nines. Yeah, once there was, we had you never ever had them. So if you did have them, you were very scared. I got yeah. because it was something the, bad. The whole time I worked there, they did not serve alcohol, and no, I never called out a nine nine. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I was never involved in one. I, mean, I was two, two. Wow. Yeah. I ran to one, but it, it was more of a fight, I would say. But a lot of fights, a lot of fights. There was a really bad one. I don't know if we want to say for another show, but a really bad one. Me and Kenny ran to from the break room at Batman. Somehow it fell out of the, that that area behind Rapids, came through the gates. This big fight, oh, wow. seven, eight people, girls and guys going at it. And also saw there was a great one in uh, right outside the fountain in the merch stand to the left if you're looking at the gate. And you just saw like mannequins flying around. <laughs> it was awesome. I didn't know what the hell I was running into, but you just ran. And there was no call. You just saw shit flying everywhere. That was great. That was a great one. So many good fights. In grounds, we used to have a lot of because of the concerts. Like me and Heidi would just literally stay together because we were so scared and just go around like the whole circle, like trying to clean, but you couldn't even move. And I can't even tell you how many times. Like we had knives thrown on us. Like it was so bad. It was so yeah. bad. Crazy. Those were the days though when Beer Garden was open fully and you can just go and get tanked. 
But then when they got rid of the beer and then they finally brought it back, they brought it back in such a limited way that even now, like when me and, me and Scott just started going to the park again last year and, you know, we get a couple beers while we're there, but it's not, it's not, it's almost in a way where they're kind of monitoring you properly. It, it would be a lot harder now to become a drunken mess well, than it was. It's, it's, it's got to be at least 12 bucks a beer yeah. too. And that's the other that thing too, there. yeah. Usually, Although, there, let's yeah. be quite honest, that does not stop the drunks because I go to concerts and I mean, I just went to Tears for Fears and we watched a lady so fucking hammered. She fell on an older guy and rolled down the hill. Yeah. And then no one could get her up. And I'm like, and she was our age. And I'm like, you're old enough not to be doing that shit. And those beers are also like, you know, 18 bucks for, well, yeah, you know, like baseball a games, man. Baseball games, it stops nobody. And they're that's my drinks. point, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if people want to drink, the drinker is going to drink. If it's available, they're going to drink. But it's like, while we've been in there, I haven't seen any of that. And we've been on a couple crowded days, like during Fright Fest and stuff. And it's like, it's available, but like, like, it's not it, it's not the same as the old days like no you know. i agree it's not the same in so many ways though. that's true you don't see the people the camaraderie of like the employees like you know on the rides working together and stuff so much it's true it's very uh very different it sucked yes, all the it fun is. out <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, no, I, I went back I for a brief stint and that is exactly correct scott i maybe it was because i didn't know it but i knew a decent amount of people still it was different. It was like three, four years later, and it was very different. It wasn't as fun. Not near yeah. Very I had, um, I had, I had my friend Tony went back too, and he actually he worked uh, first rides, and uh, and then he went back to then he went to shows because at this was like maybe ten years ago, and you know, in your forties, going back to catching cars at the cables is is just not fucking easy. Oh. And uh, and he bluntly said, he's like, it's not as fun. It's grueling work now and even when he went in shows to make it a little easier on himself he's like this is not the park we left at all like right, it's just right. it's there's none of that but also i think there's a little bit of a difference in our mentality when we're like 18 though and we're now and we, we're a little more worldly you know so um we're getting close to the end of our time so i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys one more one more uh safari related news thing <laughs> not our safari but i just thought it was a perfect news story to end because it kind of it's sad and yet it made me laugh because i'm a horrible person <laughs> um it's from the new york post it's from literally a week ago elephant tramples woman to death then attacks her corpse at funeral <laughs> what the f invited to the funeral this exactly. is a true story and it's horrible to laugh at this but i couldn't stop laughing a seven-year-old woman, 70-year-old woman in India was trampled to death by an elephant, and, and her corpse was then bizarrely attacked by the same beast at her funeral, wow. the report goes on to say. Wow. <laughs> That's her, crazy. Her that is crazy. performing her last rites, and as is normal for their customs, they, they were getting ready to light the funeral pile. When the elephant allegedly ran back in, grabbed her body, tossed it in the air, and then ran away so no one could catch it, and they have never seen it again. That cannot be real. That lady, no. that elephant, because that elephant was like, I'm not only gonna kill you. I'm coming I'm back. Like, when oh, yeah. The family next. I mean, I love animals. That's one dick elephant right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the woman. Yeah. Well, they say they never forget, right? They so she must forget. Yeah. And, and, and 
Hey, look, how long have we worked with a safari? And I have never heard of an elephant being that much of a dick. No, okay. no, no. 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 Oh, that one just cracked me up. I was like, that is the best safari story I've ever heard. Yes, yes, thank you. That was crazy. Well, folks, on that note, Holy shit, time goes fast. It has been an hour and a half already. It's insane. Yeah, it feels like a proper place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, time does fly when we're having fun. Uh, thank you very much, Lynette and Jackie, for joining us. Uh, thank, thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. There were a ton of you this time. And, you know, for all the all the people that have replied and commented, just so you know, you know, we always do read your comments. We appreciate it. Um yeah, no, they kicked ass. They made it a great show. And yeah, there are a lot of great comments on there. I have to like guess between the guests and the comments. Yeah, Hell yeah, this was an awesome show. Yeah, awesome. how could you not recognize Stevie Wonder? I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. Queen put something about Stevie Wonder. I love Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Queen's the best. That's how locked in he was. He was locked in. Queen. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. All right, on that note, <laughs> signing off for now, I am Steve Hicks. My co-hosts are Scott Loudon, Chris Belusa, Andy Oletti, and Lynette. Lynette. And Jackie. Jackie. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Until next time, make it a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks so much.